You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, as promised, Kim Shepard, who is the co-author of the book, Get Scrappy Business Insights to Make Your Company More Agile, is our guest. And before we talk to her, I just want to let you know that we really appreciate reviews that you would write for us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spreaker and our various podcasting services that you might be using to listen to our shows regularly. It really helps us to reach a larger audience of CEOs and business owners of middle market companies who are looking to learn from the experiences of our guests. Speaking of learning from the experiences of our guests, as I said before the break, Kim is a CEO of Decision Toolbox and she understands how to create and maintain a company's culture through the use of performance metrics. In her latest book, Get Scrappy, which she co-authored with Dave Burkus, she explores proven insights to help leaders create a more agile and performance-oriented culture. Kim, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Rick. How are you? It's great. It's nice to have you back on the program. I think the last time you were here was when your first book came out. So let's let's talk, let's talk about your latest book. I said the title is Get Scrappy. Why is it important, from your perspective and your experience, for a CEO to be agile? Sure. Well, you know, the definition of agile is um, the ability to um, move quickly and easily and get things done. And I think, you know, with we as, as business leaders, we sometimes get caught in methodologies that we think are the right way to do things and not necessarily the common sense approach to things. And I think if you stay with common sense, you're not going to get tangled up in your underwear as often. Um, and and uh, I just think that that Scrappy is a term that's ready for now because, you know, we years ago when we were back in high school and you're, you're in history class and you're studying the agricultural revolution, and it seemed to take forever to study this darn thing, and then and then we went into the tech, the um, industrial revolution. Well, once we went through the technology revolution of the of the late 1990s, it forever changed the way we look at time. And if you can't move quickly and if you can't move easily, sometimes you just can't move at all and you're not going to retain your top people and you're just not going to be able to move with what the marketplace is telling you. And it moves fast now, right? It does, and it seems to be accelerating. And we're talking with Kim Shepard, and we're talking about her book, Get Scrappy. You know, Kim, what was the inspiration for this book? What was the reason why you put pen to paper and contributed so much content to this book? Yeah, well, you know, it was a really fun process. So Dave Burkus and I have been business associates for a little over a decade. And we're very, if you know Dave, we're we're very different people. He's kind of the smart, intellectual, well-thought. You know, he he takes time for his thoughts, and and I'm a bit of a shotgunner and fly you know fly by the seat of my pants. And I think because of those totally different styles, we've become very good friends over the years. And we both belong to a, a networking group up in a business networking group up in Los Angeles. And uh, back about last September or October, um, I was driving to the event, and I was stuck in some nasty traffic uh, on the 405, and I'm thinking through my business, and I get into the business meeting, and, and one of the things that we do is we talk about what's keeping us up at night. And uh, mine was, oh, my God, I've just 
realize that we're, my company is over-engineered, we have lost our scrappy, we have lost our common sense, you know, what happened? And Dave was chuckling, and at the end of the meeting, he said, you know, I really think with your style and my style, we should put our heads together and come up with a book that, um, and it was funny because Dave asked me, you know, what would it mean to you uh, that the book is truly a success? And I, my answer was, if it winds up in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the book, the way the book is written, which is a, um, a number of vignettes, of short articles, of content that you've contributed, that they've contributed, that you've had third-party authors contribute. T- tell me how you collected the brain trust that, that supported the, the majority of the work that you and Dave wrote, but augmented and, and complemented what you guys put in the book. How did, how did you do that? Yeah. Well, you know what we did? We, we came about the process in, in um, an unusual way, I think, um, in that we have something like 140 lessons. And um, and the way the reason we did it like this is because Dave loves writing blogs and I love writing blogs and we thought wouldn't it be fun to write a book of fresh blogs that tackle in a bite-sized uh, piece the the topic or the lesson that we wanted to learn or share and so what we first did was make the list of the topics that we thought would be would would take a look at business in general, you as a business leader, your culture, um, time management, um, how to get funding, how to launch a a startup, how to grow a business. We we tried to walk all the way around the block of the elements of business. We came up with a list of about 140. We started tackling off and divvying up who was going to take what. And then we felt that we weren't the best resource for, I believe, five of them, five or six of them. So we went to the people that we thought were the best resource for those, and they contributed a page or a page and a half that tackled that particular lesson or, or, or insight. We're talking with Kim Shepard, in addition to being the CEO of Decision Toolbox. She's also the co-author of the book, Get Scrappy, Business Insights to Make Your Company More Agile. Uh, I wonder if, you know, your your contribution to this book is, is really focused on your direct experience, a lot of your direct experience in leading Decision Toolbox. You write about the importance of a company's culture, and, and you also talk about how today Decision Toolbox is a 100% virtual firm. Can you share with us some of the key takeaways on culture that you put into this book? Sure. Culture is kind of a... That's a squirrely beast. Um, the the one thing is for sure: if you don't design your culture for the company, it will be designed for you. And so, I've always thought it was very important to imagine what you want the spirit, the feel, the outcomes, the metrics, the performance um, of your company from your people, from your products, from your clients, and then fashion or create the environment that that is appropriate for what you want. So. For example, um, the opposite of the culture I built would probably be the uh, original culture of a company like Apple. You know, have no life, work 24-7, you know, get beat to a pulp, come up with terrific products, yes, be innovative, yes, but it was a, it was a real grind type, um, culture and that was, that was designed by Jobs and Wozniak, but by Jobs, uh, 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 intentionally. Mine's the opposite. What I wanted to do is build a culture based on cornerstones like respect, um, excellence, 
um, personal empowerment. And um, so in the Scrappy book, there's a bunch of lessons on how to get there in a very fast, agile, scrappy way. Um, For example, one of the cornerstones, as I mentioned, um, of my company is respect. So on a top-down, bottom-up model, what does that mean? It means that I want to ask, as the CEO, I want to ask my people what would illustrate uh, respect to them. And one of the things that was shared was time management and time. So, so often you go into a, a, a supposed meeting. It's going to start at 9 o'clock. There's going to be 10 people in the meeting. Um, the first person comes in at, at 9 o'clock. Someone comes in at 9.02, a couple more at 9.06, another at 9.11. The boss finally gets her at about 9.15. And now you've just burned through 15 minutes times 10 people. It's a lot of wasted time, and it's disrespectful. So in my organization, and in, in, in the book, I teach a lesson in, in literally a page or page and a half, I teach a lesson on how the entire organization will operate on time. So I have um, uh, 112 employees. If we have a, a call scheduled or a webinar scheduled um, at 11 o'clock, at 10.59, all 112 people are logged on because it would be disrespectful and no one in the company is empowered to disrespect one second of a teammate's time. So that would be one of the things, that's, that's the culture that I wanted to build, that we do things by intent, we do them in a timely manner, we respect each other, and then that has a side effect of cutting out a lot of tangible things that you wouldn't want in your organization, like political correctness, um, cattiness, uh, you know, the even hierarchy to a certain extent, right. because we, we kind of come at it like, you know, obviously... No, my title is bigger than someone someone's else, but not my role. Um, mm. If my I'm my role is more of a mentor than a boss. Interesting. Uh, I'm talking with Kim Shepard, and we're talking about her latest book, Get Scrappy. You know, Kim, I only have about two minutes before we take a quick commercial break, but there was an interesting sentence that you put in your book, and and I thought it. It was something I wanted you to to highlight. Um, It's at the bottom of page 78, and you you make this point. You say, make a point of asking the quiet ones to share, (laughs) which I I thought was really revealing because a lot of the tone of what we're talking about, and frankly, your leadership style is full on, right? You're you're high energy, but yet to to be so self-aware to know that you need to make a point of asking the quiet ones to share. Can, can you just, in the time that we have, just sort of talk to that point for leaders who are listening? You know, I think most of us have taken DISC. And if you have, and you know, which I know you know it well, um, I'm a very high D and a high I. Well, that'll only get the company so far. So I make sure that I hire a lot of high C's and high S's. They're wired completely differently than me, but they bring a strength to the collective group that I hope is as strong as the DNI that I bring to the party. So those are those are more the quiet ones. They're they're more the in, in, introverts, reflective, often analytical, and they make up for a lot of downfalls that I have. <laughs> right, and and you and you explain well in the book too how how valuable their thinking can be because it might cover some of the blind spots and areas that. If they hadn't, if you didn't give them the air to speak, that later on you would have realized you could have benefited from their insight, and it mm-hmm. builds and it builds that culture too, where everybody is contributing, even if they don't have one of the louder voices in the room. I thought it was a very powerful part of the book, Kim. 
Thank you, Rick. Thank All you. Right. We're going to take a short commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We're going to come back, and, and I want to explore a little bit with Kim how in a virtual environment uh, with, as she said, 100-plus employees, they use performance metrics in a positive way that builds the company culture. So you're not going to want to miss this conversation, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after these words at Critical Mass Radio Show. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Wow. Marketing predictions are out for 2015, and marketing success is changing. Did you know that Google is now actively tracking your business and personal brand and online reputation? Online and offline marketing has changed. Google is driving more than 85% of your traffic. And if your brand is inconsistent or has poor mobile usability, your rankings and traffic can suffer in 2015. To learn how your business is currently viewed and what can be done to improve your brand's visibility and authority, Contact SunUp Group for a free marketing analysis. It could be a business game changer. Visit www.sunupgroup.com today or call 877-609-3840, extension 700. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Kim Shepard is our guest. She's the author of her latest book, Get Scrappy, and we'll be right back with her in just one second. So I'll let you know that all of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guests' websites whose CEOs have appeared on our show. And since we started in 2009, our show has reached over 170,000 listeners with our podcast. Simply type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show, into your favorite podcasting software, and you too can get our weekly downloads of our programs. All right, Ken, before the break, I said I was going to ask you to share a little bit with how you use performance metrics to enable performance but also reinforce your company's culture great i um you know being a virtual 100 virtual company meaning we have no sticks or bricks even our servers are in the cloud we look at what i call the three p's so that's performance productivity and profit and um and i think that if you have those those measuring sticks in place um, you can run a, a much more efficient company uh, than with sticks and bricks because um, you're not fooled by, you know, someone 
snappy standing by the water cooler or, you know, the, the latest outfit or haircut or whatever. You're, all you're seeing is the three Ps, performance, productivity, and, and profitability. So in order to do that, I've created what we call the performance-driven workforce, and it's a really simple premise. It goes like this. Determine the action steps needed to drive your desired outcomes. So often when dealing with uh, other CEOs um, over the years, I'll say, you know, what's, what's, what's the, um, your process, your company process? And, and they'll, they'll say, we're a profit-driven company. And I think to myself, well, now that's an outcome. <laughs> it's not a process. Right. So what are the action steps um, desired to, uh, uh, action steps to drive your desired outcomes? So if you want to make more money, what are those action steps to get you there? So it's a pretty simple premise. But people, I think, have a tendency to forget it. And how do you use the performance metrics then for reinforcing a culture of a 100% virtual company? Yeah, so it's all about personal excellence. So the, the culture of my company is we try to hire the best, uh, the best and the brightest. And then my um, personal philosophy is uh, I've never seen a skilled person who wasn't infinitely more skilled than the person they reported to in what they're doing. Maybe they don't have the leadership skills, they don't have the executive uh, experience, but it, it, in, in their skill set, hire someone who's excellent at what they do, give them the tools that they need to be better than they could be without you, and then you've created an environment of mentorship. So um, with the quest for personal excellence, driving the data that we do and, and reiterating, you know, before you run off at a task, what are the action steps to, to drive your desired outcome? That simple mantra really gets them thinking clearly and going, oh, my goodness, oh, I get it now. I can see it now. I've always um, found it interesting and, frankly, been impressed with the vocabulary that your company has developed around your industry and around it's, it's verbal shorthand. Can, can you share just a little bit about um, the use of uh, your own vocabulary in culture? Sure. So we're, you know, our, we, well, it does a couple of things. Uh, I, I'm an ex-television reporter, so I talk in headlines just naturally. And, um, and that can be a little off-putting when someone first joins my company because at the, the time they don't quite understand what I'm saying. But in short order, it becomes tribal speak. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a, uh, an, an email in, in, um, that came out that uh, Nicole Cox, who you know, wrote to me, or I wrote to her, actually, and it says, um, uh, send out the green flag, uh, iceberg it, but um, uh, send in the cockroach committee because the dog has fleas. <laughs> now, everyone in my company would know what that would mean. Okay. Send out the green flag. A green flag is anything good, so new clients, new, a new project, whatever iceberg it, which means there's a lot of business behind it, but send it to the cockroach committee, the quality committee, because the dog has fleas, That's a could be a hiring manager that wants world peace in their mm. staffing. You know, they want to hire a .NET developer and pay them $50,000 a year. Yes, you do, and I want world peace, and neither is going to happen. Excellent. Yeah, I, I marvel at that, and I think that is that is sort of part of the glue that, that creates this one company mentality that you've been so... Uh, expertly able to create. We're talking with Kim Shepard, partly about Decision Toolbox, her company, but also about her latest book, Get Scrappy Business Insights to Make Your Company More Agile. Kim, I wonder if you could share with us kind of your your 
overarching philosophy for how you're building and growing Decision Toolbox. Here on Critical Mass Radio Show, I call that our guiding principle question. So could you share your guiding principle with our audience, please? Yeah, you know, um, I, I touched on a little bit. There's, there's really two guiding principles that, that mold together. One is I really do believe in the empowerment of people, that, that if you give them the right environment, the right encouragement, the right tools, it is possible for them to be more excellent tomorrow than they are today. And I think that that's something that, that when done right, can be addictive, and it's, a, and it's a good thing because people often talk about work-life balance. I don't believe in that. Life balance. Mm. We're not on a teeter-totter. We're on a balance beam. And so you're not what you can, you're never going to find life balance if you think of yourself in work life balance because you're already bifurcating yourself, right? Your personal life and your professional life. No, there's one life and you work and you play and you laugh and you love and you can do all of those things in both environments if done right. The um the other guiding principle is I was raised I was the oldest of four kids by a single mom who had a coffee shop up in Silicon Valley. And I, at age 13, I'm slinging hash after high school and, and watching the way my mom ran the company. And she ran the company that everyone was equal. So the chef was no more empowered than the dishwasher, and both were vital. And she tra- treated everyone always equally. And I think that might be a piece of where that, sm- listen to the quiet ones, the right. small voice. Um, to everyone in my organization is has the same importance to me. It doesn't matter what their role is. That's excellent. Thank you, Kim Shepard. I enjoyed listening to that and took some notes as well. Uh, we only have time for one more question, but I wanted to make sure I, I ask you this. You know, I ask authors when they write a book. You know, what about what have you learned about creating an agile company that you didn't know? prior to publishing your book? In other words, any aha moments in, in putting together Get Scrappy? Yeah. Um, I, I had to, at one point, it was, beca- it was in the very beginning, it was seeming very cumbersome and, and daunting. Oh, my God, I'm writing a, another book. Here we go again. <laughs> and then I thought, well, wait a minute. The title is, is Scrappy. So why don't you come at this in a scrappy way? And that's what Dave and I decided to do. We just said, we're not writing a book. We're writing, a, and it, I, I looked in the book, we're writing 167 blogs. Wow. That, be, that became less daunting, and it took us, we wrote the book in, in 60 days. Wow. So you actually applied the tenets of the book to the, the writing of the book, which allowed you to get this book done in record time. That's fantastic, Kim. Thank you, Rick. So if someone out there says, I've got to get a copy of this book, how do they, how do they get the book, Kim? Uh, Amazon.com, Rick. <laughs> Type in the title, Get Scrappy? Please, yeah. Right. And, and it is available free on um, Kindle, Kindle Prime. Oh, okay, great. What if, they want, uh, what if they want to look you up and get your first book? How do they find Bite Me? <laughs> the Bite Me School of Management, Taking a Bite Out of Conventional Thinking. That, too, is available on the Amazon, but they can also go to the Decision Toolbox website, which is dtoolbox.com. And there is, um, now that the book's been out for five years, there is a, a free link to that book. Hey, this has been a kick in the pants. Thank you for continuing to be a friend of, of the radio show and a part of the critical mass community. I'm so excited I had a chance to talk to you about this book. I loved it. Uh, easy read, ladies and gentlemen. As she said, it is a perfect book that you can read in segments. So it's an ideal book for the busy executive to have at hand so that when you have a free couple of minutes, you can power through a couple of the different posts that are in the book. So thank you very much for your time today. Rick, thank you so much. And thank you for, for providing this show. My pleasure, my dear. Have a good day.
Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap up this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. Thanking our sponsors, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, SunUp Group, and Tea and Company. Our engineer for today was Paul Roberts. Joan Park is our producer, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show or the CEO peer groups that I lead, visit my website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 